it is official. We are online, <laughs> everybody. We are it's online. Happening. We are on the information superhighway. Wow. You remember um, when it was called that? I, I still call it that. I still think it's the most <laughs> apt description. <laughs> I mean, I know, it makes sense. Uh, surfing really, really <laughs> does bring to mind what it feels like to be on the internet for me. But I mean, a, a, a super highway, which is something I don't think even exists in real life. Maybe the Autobahn. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But it, that's what it feels like to me whenever I log in to the internet. It's sure. phenomenal. I still get goosebumps every time, actually. Chills. I do. Do you remember the first time you got on the internet? Huh. I remember the first time I had it at my home. It was cool. Mm-hmm. All I did was look up, um, I tried to find some Velvet Underground, like bootlegs, and I tried to find a bunch of Pusshead artwork so I could print it out and hang it up in my room and stuff. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't know what the hell you could do with the internet when I when I first uh, got there. Like I had some friends that were really... Um, geeky i guess you would say and they were really into it and so even before there was necessarily like alta vista or web crawler these are words that might as well be foreign language to anyone under 40 probably yeah um but before that there was still the world wide web you could still log on so my friends were way into it and they went to like bbs's i don't know if um mm-hmm. You ever did that? Yeah, I, 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 right. I never did it, but I, I remember it. And they would play like uh, text-based um, role-playing games, things like that. And so mm-hmm. I thought that was all really cool, but it wasn't until search engines and everything was sort of organized that sort of was like, oh, I could use this for something that matters or yeah. is cool or whatever. Yeah. How about you? Do you remember your first time uh, surfing, surfing the highway? <laughs> Well, I would love to actually do real surfing someday. Yeah. Uh, but now as far as fake surfing, meaning the internet, I don't remember initially. I know that the first time that I ever really heard of the internet was in my eighth grade keyboarding class with um, Mr. Sure at West Middle School. Oh. And he had Macintoshes and that was like versions of nine. This was like 94. No. Okay. No, it would have been 95. Um, Cause it was my eighth grade year. I had just been hearing about this thing called the information super highway then, but it, some people called it the internet. Like it was, or the World Wide web. I remember that was mm-hmm. a big one too. Yeah. I, I remember like on my, on like my last day of eighth grade, after we got done with our final, he kind of let us, there was like one computer in the entire computer lab that had access to the internet. He let each of us kind of get on there for two minutes just to kind of see what it's about. I thought, I was like, this is stupid. What is this? This is right. There, you know, I didn't think there was anything, anything about, I was like, what? I thought it was going to be like a fad or something that was going to die out. Like, this is just stuff for nerds which i was a nerd too so it was and your and your prediction like, was absolutely right i mean it is absolutely after 95 right. yeah. i don't think i ever heard of the internet again so yeah yeah exactly it was gone crash was like, and burn on that one it was like it was like rap music in the 80s here today gone tomorrow yeah um just over uh fad uh but anyway uh so <laughs> freshman year of high school I would go to the computer lab and I had a very similar experience as you did. Somebody showed me how to use a web crawler. And so then I would, I would search things about my favorite bands and that's, and you know, go go to their websites. Like I remember constantly visiting the Mr. Bungle website. Oh yeah. I I was just about to say the uh, Easter bunny 
and the bowels of chili. Bowels chili, yep. Um, yep. Those honestly were probably the first two things I typed into the internet. Yep, same yeah, here. Absolutely. I didn't even know about them actually. I what happened was is I typed in Mr. Bungle in the search engine, went to a website, and you know how like the band's websites at that time had like their discography. Right. Like, there was like news, message board, discography photos, stuff like that. But yeah. I remember that the um, discography, it listed their demo tapes. And I was like, what? Right. There's demo tapes from Mr. Bungle that. And so I, I tried mm-hmm. to find them. And I remember like, it was like a struggle to, in those days, downloading was just like a headache. Or, yeah. Yeah. You know, there wasn't anything that even resembles streaming today. Like, no, I don't even think I could download when I first went on the internet. No, it was like really like you had to wait for like five hours just for like yeah. two seconds of a song. <laughs> you know, it was, it was just you better hope it's a good two seconds. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, I just heard Patton scream. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, and then after that, I remember like local bands started making their own websites, and then that was kind of the early version of like social media i would say where people would get on like bands message boards and talk shit about them oh nice yeah yeah like i remember at least in muscatine that's how it happened huh yeah people and the thing is is like back then you could be completely anonymous you didn't have to make a profile or anything (laughs) so nobody knew who like so you could go on with like multiple names and you could pretend to be other people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah you could, you could like i think the the singer's the worst oh uh, <laughs> no i think that the guitar playing's the worst you could you could actually <laughs> say that you're like another member of the band yeah right i quit, I quit the band <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah so we forgot to introduce ourselves again yeah um so i'm, I'm eric I'm dan and he's dan <laughs> we both, and we this both said it at the same episode time. is part two of the they might be giants reviews of the first eight records i don't know numero numero dos yeah yep so this episode we are talking about the next four of the first eight (laughs) not to make it confusing (laughs) uh records like i said last time the reason that we sort of picked that time period is because they sort of picked that time period. I feel like when they put out then, it seemed to me like that was a moment of reflection and of moving forward from that point. So I don't know if that's true or not, but anyway, we talked about self-titled, we talked about Lincoln, we talked about Flood, and we talked about Miscellaneous T. So the next one is Apollo 18 from 1992. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think of that record, Dan? Do you even like that? Oh, I record? love Apollo 18. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I like it a little bit. Yeah. No, I absolutely love Apollo 18. I actually can't really say enough good things about it. It mm-hmm. has, in my opinion, it is. Well, first of all, it, it's the first album they did with a with a band with a backing band which actually if i'm remembering this correctly was called the band of dans Hmm. uh because it was three guys named dan and john so (laughs) it's like which i kind of thought it would have made more sense to call it like the band of johns and dans yeah but yeah it uh is it from beginning to end is one of the most i would say it's one of the most peculiar they might be mm-hmm. giants release, maybe the most peculiar. It has, um, it starts off with Dig My Grave, which is kind of like, I think the Elvis Costello thing that we kind of talked about was in like mm-hmm. full force on that track. Yeah. Uh, very just, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how to describe the kind of music that's going on other than just Elvis Costello-ish. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a very... Uh, very fun and upbeat. Then it goes into what I think is one of the most hilariously kind of dark songs yeah. that they've ever written. I palindrome I, which I didn't know for the longest time what a palindrome was. Oh yeah. Which of course is it's 
something that reads the same backwards as it does forwards. So right. like race cars, a palindrome. So the whole like thing where it's like, I am a snake head eating the head on the opposite side. The big, the first line is just so like, <laughs> I had no idea when I first heard it, but just like someday mother will die and I'll get the money. Yeah. And you know, it's just, it's so just hilariously dark, but again, it just sounds like they're smiling when they're singing about all this stuff. For sure. And it's just, it's fantastic. And I can't think of any band that would make me smile <laughs> at hearing someday mother will die and I'll get the money uh, yeah. because it just totally sounds like there's, again, they just touch on these subject matters. And then there's, she's actual size, which is like total, like, you know, like a jazz influence mm -hmm. type thing. It's fantastic mammal. These lyrics are so like clever that mm -hmm. you can't help but being intrigued by them at like the age of like 16 or 17, because honestly there were no other bands writing lyrics like this and still are not mm -hmm. to this day. I don't think, you know, glass of milk standing in between extinction in the cold and explosive radiating growth. What? <laughs> like, you know, it's just like who, who I think that the residents influences in full force and some of this stuff just lyrically i think it's also in some ways maybe one of the poppiest songs they've ever mm -hmm. uh, poppiest albums they've ever released as well and it's least, own way yeah and its sure. own way very very catchy um the statue got me high mm -hmm. um which has an awesome video yeah and then it, then there's like that bizarre sort of like cover of in the jungle the mighty jungle the guitar yeah, sort the of lion makes, sleeps tonight yeah. Right. It, it, it's totally awesome. The guitar and then uh dinner bell, which I think is just hilarious. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite songs is which describes how you're feeling all the time. Mm -hmm. That song just blows my mind. Yeah. And then there's that hilarious, like again, hilariously dark uh, song um, turn around. Oh yeah. I love turn around. <laughs> just Absolutely. so it, it's it's like a uh it's got like weird like comedic horror vibes or something yeah like i can't really describe you really just have to listen to it you know for yourself sure. and then of course i mean we can't not talk about fingertips in spacesuit yeah. yeah. fingertips which is like this collection of like mm -hmm. anywhere between 10 to like 25 second songs mm -hmm. that has a bunch of like guests on it mm, and it's mm -hmm. just absolutely incredible and mind-blowing yeah. it blows my mind how they were able to put a lot of this album together i would i would also say it's like the most rhythmically i guess complex album or yeah. melodically complex album mm -hmm. that they've ever released if that makes any sense mm-hmm like I, yeah. I, Palind I don't know if anyone's ever tried to play I Palindrome I on just the acoustic guitar and nothing else, hmm. but it is insane. I wasn't able to accomplish it. And it's, it's, there's so much going on on this record. There's just all these like little, like, you know, the melodies are insane. And there's just all this stuff that's kind of added, like that I feel is the foundation and we use this word foundation. It was all laid with the first three records. Mm -hmm. I also feel like when they had, when they added the band, it just, it really allowed more room for the two Johns to do a lot of different, like weird experiments. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is, this was kind of like a mad scientist record. You know, it's like they were just in this like musical lab and they were just like, yeah. okay, now that we got all these other things going on besides just the, uh, drum machine or whatever let's right. uh see what we can do and what we can get away with you know right um yeah such a fantastic record yeah what are, what are sure. your thoughts on apollo uh, 18? yeah i love apollo 18 um the things that i like like you said about the residents i do feel that's sort of re-emerged on this record uh, for the first time since the first record at least to this extent especially like with fingertips um, yeah, very much like the commercial album. I mean, same premise. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, other things I like, I do think they leaned into that Elvis Costello thing even more. We talked about I Palindrome I, but when 
I mean, just the delivery of that, just like someday mother will like, it's like exactly like an Elvis Costello <laughs> song. It just, very is, much so. you know, and I do like the band element of, on this album a lot. And I might have other things to say about that on the next record we talk about, but on this one, I do think they really held true to the goofiness and that sort of idea that I really like that each, each melody has its own sound, you know? And mm -hmm. I think it's a really creative record. I also think something that's really cool about this one is more than the other records that I can think of, the subject matters are a little more um, external, if that makes any sense. I feel like before this record, we don't know exactly what they're talking about. Right. Most of the time. Like I literally will never know what the song Cowtown's about. I don't. Right, I, right. And there's a chance that they don't know what the song Cowtown's about. Fine. But on here, it's like there's a lot going on as far as uh, psychoanalysis and therapy and things like I palindrome. I is specifically I can't remember what it is, but it's specifically about some therapist research into almost like um, Oedipus elements and things like that. Um, okay. Now that I did not know. Yeah. And like mammals obviously is very much a scientific right. discussion about mammals. The statue got me high is specifically about the movie 2001, you know, inner mm -hmm. bell is about Pavlov and Pavlov's dog. There's a little, and I'm sure, all their songs have something that they're about but this was the first time i was ever like oh i i know what they're talking about and that's kind of nice i think it, it opens it up a little bit and it made it almost smarter in a way sometimes i think like parameters actually show off what you're doing more than just having a free form thing i don't know if that makes any sense but especially in things like painting or whatever if you can have parameters that show what you're trying to accomplish, then those things can be shown. If you can just do anything you want, people might be like, I don't know if they're good or bad, you know? Sure. So, um, and so that comes through on this a little bit more. Sure. It's not, for me, it's not as um, goofy, but they still are very, very goofy, especially right. like turnaround um, the, uh, the whole graveyard scene. Yeah, you know, which I, I do imagine what they're talking about in my head. Very, um, I don't know, the language that they use is you imagine what's happening. Well, I think that I, I think, think that's more cool. than more than any other record up to this point. And actually, I would even say more than any other. They might be Giants album. The lyrics are just so descriptive. Yeah. On like every single song. It's not even just this it's like mammal like yeah puts you in mind of like just being in science class or something right. or yeah. or a museum or whatever there's mm -hmm. just a very visual like element to the lyrics and even like mm -hmm. in like fingertips you know when it's like oh sure uh, you know uh I turned yeah. around and found the thing that made the sound or like you yeah. know um what's that blue thing doing here you know like you yeah it's almost like those imagined. two sentence horror stories or whatever you know yeah exactly <laughs> like, like you're just but yeah turnaround is definitely the best example of that on this record yeah and sure. i also like that there's songs that seem very much like just regular songs yeah yeah and i i uh, again i'll talk about that when we get to the next record but on this yeah. i like how normal some of these songs are. And I think it's because it's offset by yeah. like narrow your eyes. Oh man. Great song. Yes. But wow. Very normal, you yeah, know, exactly. and like even see the constellation yes. is sort of just a rock song and dig my grave is interesting and cool, but it's not weird or goofy, you know? And so I think they're kind of figuring that element out too. Yeah. So I think, the, yeah, I think this is a really cool moment for Very much They so. Might Be Giants. So, and obviously just a great record with great songs. This, yeah, I love putting this one on. Yeah. I love singing along. So, me too. Me yeah. too. 
anyway, I forgot to mention my favorite song off of this album. Yeah. And let me tell you, it's nearly damn impossible. I, yeah, it's such a good record that I don't know if I can pick a single song. So I'm Mm going to have to cheat a little bit here. I'm going to have to make it a, oh man, this is difficult. I think I'm going to have to say it's between which describes how you're feeling mm-hmm. and I may have to make it a three-way tie, uh, oh, mammal snap. or, mm-hmm. uh, I palindrome. I, those three yeah. songs are just like incredible to me, but I also really like see the constellation like a lot. It is a cool song. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's, oh, and then that little, um, spider. Yeah. Spiders. That good. one. Yeah. Again, like that, that's got like this visual element. You just sure you picture it's some like sort a, of cult or something. Oh, I always pictured like, um, like a speed racer, almost like a 60s uh, anime. Oh, yeah. That, you know, I, can I don't see know. that too. But he that's the kind of the joy, you know, of it. It's like it happens I, in your head. It's, I can it's totally nice. see that too, especially yeah. with the music, because uh, it almost has that like 60s sort of like, um, 60s cartoon feel to yeah. it yeah but like that yeah like that's the great thing is that i feel like a lot of this stuff in addition to being very descriptive is almost open to interpretation yeah uh i think my favorite song on here is the statue got me high mm. um mm-hmm. i really like it i really like that it's about uh one of my favorite movies but yeah i i i do like most of the songs on here like see see the constellation but the uh i think it must be dd ramon right that sample or they could have just emulated his counting or whatever but it's just like it's so cool and almost every song on here i say i never really knew that get that was, into i never knew that was dd ramon That's well i mean really cool. it just sounds like when you listen to their live recordings and it's just like one two three four huh? yeah it probably huh? is yeah i don't know it could be just about anyone but yeah. It always reminded me of that anyway. Yeah. And fingertips is, you know, I, I've had not that many more enjoyable experiences than singing fingertips word for word with my friends. So, yeah, yeah. It, yeah same here. or, or just hearing it for the first time. I remember just like, yeah, I had to listen to it like several times, yeah. like over again, the, the day that I heard it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Pretty mind blowing. So it is, it really is. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you think, John Henry? So John Henry is an album that I won't spend a lot of time on because Mm -hmm. it is, at least from this era, probably my least favorite album Mm -hmm. from They Might Be Giants. I think that what this is just kind of a theory that I have. Yeah. I think that after they got the band, uh they got the weirdness out of them, which was the amazingness that is Apollo 18, the very creative side of using the band. I think this might've been the era where John, the two Johns maybe kind of started to express some desire to sort of maybe do some other projects besides they might be giants. Mm -hmm because this was around the same time that both Linnell and Flansburg put out side projects and solo albums. Mm -hmm. And um, like Linnell put out the state songs album around this Mm -hmm. time. And then I also uh, think uh, Flansburg was doing this other project called Monopuff. Yeah. I like the, it's fun to steal record. Yeah. It's fun to steal. It's very interesting, very interesting stuff. I think that maybe, had an effect on the overall sound and Mm -hmm. sort of direction of this album. It's a very bloated record that I do feel is it could um, benefit, I think from maybe being around 10 songs shorter, there is Mm -hmm. 20 songs on this album. And by the end of it, it does start to wear thin very Mm -hmm. quickly. Um, and it also, I will, I would say from the, from this era anyway, uh, when you were talking about the presence of like, like normal songs on mm-hmm. Apollo 18, I think that they took that approach very heavily on this mm-hmm. 
album. I think it's the yeah. most normal sounding record. Mm-hmm. I also think that there really wasn't out of like every, they might be giants album, even if it wasn't like intentional. Um, I kind of feel like there was a theme kind of mm. going on there. Like, like not a concept was like loose themes that were kind of, occurring mm-hmm. like with the first four albums mm-hmm. and i kind of feel like john henry it just felt more like a collection of songs than yeah. say like the first four albums mm-hmm. which i felt each of them each song connected with each other in its own sort of way if it makes sense mm-hmm. um i feel like there was a lot of there was some experimentation going on this re- on the with John Henry that never happened with they might be giants before. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some songs that I just think are just really boring and honestly just don't do it for me. Right. That being said though, I think there's some gems. Oh yeah. All throughout this record. I think AKA driver mm-hmm. is really fun. I think the opening track subliminal is really yeah. fun. Um, I love I Should Be Allowed to Think. I think that's yeah maybe one of my favorite songs. I also really mm-hmm. love Unrelated Thing, which mm-hmm. basically sounds like a country song mm-hmm. and nothing else. It doesn't yeah. really sound like a They Might Be Giants song at all. In fact, I feel that that song, if this album would have been given a promotional p- push, I think that could have been like a lone hit for they might be giants. Mm-hmm. Like I really think unrelated thing could be on the radio. It's yeah. really that like, just, I'm not going to say generic, but generic in comparison to the other, sure. it, it's generic's not the word I'm looking for that. Um, uh, I, I don't know that it's normal. more accessible, accessible. There we go. That's, yeah, that's a sure. better way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. I think I spy is a really fun one. Oh, do not forsake me. I think it's yeah. weird. And it's very funny. It, yeah. It's funny and weird. And yeah, I also really like meet James Ensor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would have to say, I mean, the end of the tour is mm-hmm. really good. I think the last like four songs on the album are really good. Like window. Yeah. That's hilarious too. Yeah. Um, but my favorite song on this record, hands down is stomp box. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is like the most punk they might be giants have <laughs> ever sounded as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It almost sounds like it could be like a, like a Minutemen song mm-hmm. or something, you know, it's really, really cool. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, this is, I think it's just one of those records, not a bad record by any means. I, I still put it on from time to time and it's a record that I really have to be in the mood for. Whereas mm-hmm. like, the other four records, while I do have to be in the mood to just to listen to They Might Be Giants in general, but sure. um, the first four records I can just put in any one of them at ease. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with John Henry, I really have to kind of work to get that listen in. Right. If that makes any sense. So, yeah, yeah. yeah Stompbox is hands down my favorite one nice. on this track. It's also, I think, the most unique one on the entire record, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of interesting because it it's compared to anything else besides they might be giants it's a pretty normal song if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense like it's it's a normal kind of punk song yeah uh compared to anything you know compared to the other they might be giants anything else that they might be giants has done it's rather normal but i think it's the most unique thing on this record yeah yeah for sure so what what are your thoughts on john yeah so john henry traditionally has been a record that i i also am not that into but i did listen to it since we decided to do these episodes i have listened to it four times which is quite a bit in a week uh oh wow yeah but because i really wanted to like it like i have this problem where if I don't like something and other people seem to like it, I assume that there's something wrong with me. But if I love something, I can see it or hear it once and be like, that was amazing and never really revisit it. Not for right. years. So yeah, that's kind of a weird thing. But um, so, yeah, I did revisit it and I came away from it with a few ideas. Uh, first of all, 
like you said, I think this could be half the length. And I'm not saying that those songs should be cut because they're bad. I just feel like with the other They Might Be Giants records that we've talked to up to this point, you, you're you given... Okay, this is going to sound really strange, but it's kind of like a litter of puppies or <laughs> something. Like you're just given these 10 to 12 things and they're just these little cute things and they're all different and they're all interesting, but they're all connected by something, you know? And that's how I felt about the other records. It's like, here's your songs. And I know uh, technically Apollo 18 has a lot more songs, but I, you know, that has to do with fingertips mostly, but right. And they usually come in at about a half an hour and you're just like, it's like you're being let into they might be giants world a little bit with those records. It's just like, here's what we got here, have them. And then, you know, that's it. And you feel like it's a little gift and all these songs are just little vignettes of fun ideas. I don't know. Uh, This one on the other hand seems really long and like the songs don't seem as dear. They don't seem as quaint you know, just like something that you hold in your hand and you inspect it and there's things you like at first and then there's things you like later and there's stuff you didn't realize about it for years, you know, and this one seems a lot more surface to me, if that makes any sense. I don't know. Yeah. The other element of it is just a feeling I get from this was they really leaned into having a band. And like I said, I, I've never obviously met any of the Johns, Linnell, Flansburg, or Henry. And uh, <laughs> so I can't say whether or not this is what happened. But it seems to me that they said it must have been a collective idea of, all right, well, let's write They Might Be Giants type songs, but we're a rock band now. So in one way, that sounds like a good idea. But anytime you try to write songs like yourself, you have become a parody. And I think that comes through on this sometimes. Like there are songs that sound like other songs by They Might Be Giants. Like I ran into this with the Black Sabbath record 13 that came out a few years ago. Yeah. Every song sounded like an old hit. You know, it was like, oh, this is the new Iron Man or this is the new Fairies Wear Boots or this is like it was you could hear what song they base the new songs off of. Right. And so that seems to come up for me a little bit through this album. So anyway, uh, and so I also feel like when they are just playing as a full band and they're just playing these songs, they can't hide their influences at all. Like, some songs literally sound like Elvis Costello. For the most part, this all kind of ends up sounding like the Young Fresh Fellows to me. Like, I I, I feel like I should just be listening to a Young Fresh Fellows record. Yeah. And, or some other, like, Cake, or I don't know, like, just a, a, a kind of goofy band, you know? Black Sabbath. Even, yeah, even Weezer at times. Like, just uh, it just sounds like a band. And I realized that that's not really what I like about They Might Be Giants. <laughs> like yeah. if I just wanted to listen to a, a quirky college rock band, I would. Yeah. But I, I mean, but I don't. So yeah. So this record in general, I don't, I didn't enjoy it as much. But with that being said, there are amazing, amazing songs on it. I think Subliminal is really cool. Yeah. I think Unrelated Thing is cool. Uh Extra uh, Savoir Faire is a really fun song. Yeah, that's a great I think. one. I, I kind of like Thermostat, sort of, but it, it does get a little just a regular band kind of. Honestly, of I don't. Yeah. This is the only They Might Be Giants album yeah. where I can say there are songs on it that I don't even know. Right. Like, I yeah. don't even remember like, by, by what the Thermostat title. sounds like. Right. Yeah. But absolutely my favorite song is I Should Be Allowed to Think. I've uh, I've had it in song. my head now for a week and a half nonstop. Wake up with it in my head. So, And, and there are so many. Yeah. That's that's the most they might be giant sounding song on the whole record. Yeah. That and uh, Meet James Answer, which right. I have to 
say that I forgot to mention this when I was talking about John Henry has some of my favorite, they might be giants lyrics ever. Yeah. Meet James Enser, Belgian's famous painter, dig him up and shake his hand. Appreciate the man. Yeah. They're encouraging people to be grave diggers. Yeah. Well, it's, it's hilarious. It just, yeah. They talk a lot about graves though. They really do. They're actually more the problem than, than, uh, mayhem i yeah, would say i would say so too. Uh, uh no but in all seriousness though that is such a clever again that's just so clever like mm-hmm. okay here's someone who's dead that i'm gonna write a song about so let's just encourage people to sh- dig them up and yeah. shake his- <laughs> it's so absurd it's and then i should be allowed to think also has some great lyrics too oh yeah for sure yeah it i'm it's that's the thing is like if this were a young fresh fellows record, I, it would be probably my favorite one. So yeah, it's just that for me, it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't have the right feel. And I think they were leaning into writing more like sad songs and stuff too. I think we have a little bit more leaning into the sadness coming in. You know, I, I, I agree. Um, but it was clear that when it came to nerdy bands in 94, um, mm-hmm. Weezer won that year, man. Yeah, that's man. for sure. But I mean, if Buddy Holly were on this record, it would not sound out of place at yeah, all. No, that's true. So you're right. You know, I think I, yeah, I just don't think I like my, they might be giants as a rock band. I don't yeah, know. I don't I, know I, how I, else to say it. <laughs> so. I, I, I could definitely see that. Uh, I could definitely see that uh, point of view for sure. Yeah. Well, let's move into what? 1996. Ooh, a two-year break for these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Factory showroom. Factory showroom. Man, I love factory showroom also. This is, I feel that after they got John Henry out of their system, I feel like they went back to the drawing board And they did exactly what they should have done with John Henry utilizing the full band, which is we talked about Mm -hmm. making the album close to half the length Mm -hmm. uh, and just really cutting out all the meat, you know, all the excess fat and gristle. It's, but I, I just, I feel, you know, you get what I'm saying. Like that's exactly the feel of John Henry, but factory showroom, came in it's probably the shortest they might be giants album or one of them anyway it's only got 13 songs which is the perfect length for this record Mm -hmm. and the songs are just from beginning to end absolutely incredible and i feel like this is the best showcase of utilizing the full band with they might be giants Mm -hmm. uh it starts off with s-e-x-x-y which is just it's something very different for they might be giants Mm -hmm. but still has a very they might be giants sort of take on what it is they're doing which is essentially this could be like a what like a funkadelic song or something or like a Mm -hmm. prince song or something like that you know yeah it's very very in that vein and then it goes into one of my favorite they might be giant songs uh till my head falls off Mm-hmm. which the Elvis Costello thing still is very strong here. Like it's, but the song right away, you can just tell from the opening two tracks of this album, the songs mm-hmm. are just going to be much stronger here. I think the production yeah. is very like just tight. I think that the direction, they clearly had a direction or at least discussed like, it sounds like they put a lot of thought into the songwriting this time, which I'm not saying they didn't do that with John Henry, but Mm -hmm. it really sounds like maybe they even sat down with John Henry and said, okay, this is what we did sort of what we could do better with this idea of us being as close to a rock band as they might be giants is going to get. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, songs like Exquisite Dead Guy, that is mm-hmm. all more residence type stuff, I would say. Um, but also has this 
just incredible production behind it. Um, Mm -hmm. Metal detector. How can I sing like a girl? New York City, which for the longest time had no idea that was a cover. Yeah, right. And I don't even know who the original band is. Do you, Eric? Uh, Shit. No, I'm going to look it up. But I, I, yeah, I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah. Then there's XTC versus Adam Ant, which I think is, I mean, anybody who's familiar with like XTC or Adam Ant, that raises eyebrows. I was right there, you know, um, spiraling it, um, James K. Polk. I mean, yeah, th- this is just from beginning to end. Fantastic. I also like the fact that they had that one song, The Bells Are Ringing, mm-hmm. recorded at the Edison Laboratory. Oh, that, <laughs> so was, that was, um, I Can Hear You, right? Or I Can Hear You, yeah. yeah. What did I say? Did I say The Bells Are Ringing? Yeah. <laughs> the Bells Are Ringing is the last track, um, yeah. which is all equally just as amazing. If you're into just strange at times kind of, um, I don't know, uh, if you're into like, you know, I would almost say radio friendly pop, but not really. And maybe something a little touches of like, just kind of something odd thrown in, like almost like, like at times I hear references to like, like sonically maybe to something like the beach boys kind of going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I also hear like, you know, just straight up pop music. Like we talked, we joked a little bit about like the proclaimers. I would walk 500 miles. Mm -hmm. I think there's songs on this record that are that strong in terms of like, I, uh, you know, I could hear this on the radio, um, but I think the lyrics may just be a little too weird, you know, because mm-hmm. because it is they might be giants. Um, but yeah, this is <clears throat> from beginning to end, just pure pop perfection from they might be giants, yeah. I would say pure pop perfection. If if they might be giants are going to make a pop record with their full band, this is what I want to hear. And mm-hmm. it. Clearly, it still holds up today. But my favorite song on the entire thing is definitely mm-hmm. Your Own Worst Enemy. Yeah. Hands down. Just cool song. Blows my, blows my mind. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Factory Show, Romeric? Yeah, I love it too. Um, and it's funny because this is easily one of my favorites. Um, but there are two songs that I actually just don't care for. Uh, oh, yeah? S-E-X-X-Y and XTC versus Adamant. Oh, you don't just, like either of those, huh? Yeah, I just kind of, um, I like Flansburg's guitar playing, okay? But when I feel like a song was written or at least diverges a lot just to showcase it, it kind of bugs me. Yeah. I, and both of those very much like, it feels like we had this good song and then the last minute straight is just going to be Flansburg going crazy on a guitar which is fine. It doesn't matter. I like them good enough or well enough. I mean, and the rest of the songs absolutely destroy. So, um, but I usually skip those. So uh, I feel bad about that, but you know, that's how it is. Um, But yeah, um, this album I think is just amazing i think all of these songs until my head falls off we talked about the imagery that they um bring into their songs and till my head falls off i I see the whole song play out in my head i see someone patting down their overcoat i before they leave the house i see someone in the uh, bathroom leaning their head on a shower stall i see them falling out the window like yeah me too it's gorgeous it's amazing stuff um how can i sing like a girl is just a really fun and pretty song uh i love i think this might be my favorite one to sing along to like i think their voices are really uh i don't know i mean they've always been fully developed but it's like they're pushing them a little further yeah and it's it's really great exquisite dead guy is a fun thing you know and it also uh shows you know their their commitment to the avant-garde and intellectualism and uh things like that because you know exquisite exquisite 
uh, Corpse is an old parlor game for the right. intellectuals right. and stuff. So I think I always thought that was cool. Metal Detector, again, they kind of get back to this um, mystery song thing. Like, we don't know what the hell that song's about. I mean, I guess it's about finding fuselage on the beach, right? With a metal detector. I don't know. Um, New York City is a cover. Uh, Cub was the name of the band. Cub. That that. Yeah. Um, I was thinking it was somebody else, but yeah, I sort of did too. But that's what the old internet said. Uh, Your own worst enemy is gorgeous and beyond sad. I, yeah. I, it's it's really a, an amazing, uh, cool song. Um, spiraling shape takes you a lot of places and probably one of the most fun outros of yes, which they might be giants are really good at their outros. They usually have rounds and they have different parts coming in and it's like really, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, like it's like birdhouse in your soul has the same sort of thing. It's like, it just keeps going and you're like, screw it i guess i'm just gonna sing along because yeah. it's so fun um pet name 100 is an elvis costello song oh i forgot about that and one, yes. um actually it sounds a lot like monopuff too yeah so i would say if you which like sounds pet name, at times a lot like elvis costello yeah which is funny because <laughs> i always think of linnell's voice as being the one that's the most elvis costello-y but uh, I Can Hear You is a cool song, like you said, recorded it at Edison. Yeah. And I always thought it was really <laughs> funny because yeah. <laughs> uh, they're say- here's how I imagine it. Sometimes when I'm talking to someone and they utter a ridiculous phrase yeah. like about the situation, I will say to them, wow, no one has ever said that in the history yeah, of the yeah. world. Yeah. And so that song's sort of like that. It's like these lyrics that if someone during Edison's time heard someone say they'd be like what in the fuck does that mean yeah like, and this 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 car is protected by viper. by viper is i was just absolute gonna say nonsense it's nonsense but it's also great because it's like it's a reference that i feel like nobody who was alive in like who, who wasn't alive in 96 is gonna even understand that's true those yeah. commercials where it was like this car is protected by Viper, you know? Right. And yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about that. But then also <laughs> just is... like, I'm I'm calling you from the plane. I'll call you when I get there. When I get there, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. No, it someone. really doesn't. It's so, yeah, so ridiculous. I yeah, I just have always loved that sort of um, com- competing elements of that song. Like super yes. of the moment lyrics. And because of the way it's recorded, you sort of have to think of that time period like yeah no one had ever been buzzed into a house i mean it yeah. just it doesn't make <laughs> yeah. any sense so uh and then the bells are ringing is uh I, it's really a cool song it's it really, really the arrangement is cool i love how mysterious it is um i just i i adore it um uh, my favorite song on here though is spiraling shape oh, and yeah. it's because I don't know what the hell it's about, but it certainly seems to be about something. And in my mind, it feels like it could have to do with the movie called Dark City, which is a super underrated sci-fi type movie and one of my favorites. Um, and so it, it at least brings that movie to my mind when I'm hearing it, even yeah. if it has nothing to do with it. Um, but yeah, uh, Factory Showroom, super killer. Interesting fact. I was actually thinking about picking that that song as my favorite also. Oh yeah. Spiraling Shape is my second favorite and then I would have to say that Till My Head Falls Off is my third. Yeah. Yeah, I love I mean, that too. What a great record this is. All right. So that leaves us with then the early years. Yeah, then. That correct? That's right. Then? Okay. Yeah. Well, again, I'm not going to spend too much time on this one either cuz we pretty much went over it with Mrs. Lady's tea, except for a few things. Yeah, um, except for a few things. Except for a few things. Uh, first of all, this is a double CD mm-hmm. that was released. Um, and the first CD has the entire first album, self-titled mm-hmm. one. And then it has some 
I don't know if they were just outtakes or B-sides that were kind of recorded. And then it sounds like kind of like a like demo tape mm-hmm. sort of thing that they released. Yeah. And I mean, the first album, you know, is, is awesome. We talked about that, of course. Mm-hmm. You want to know our opinions on the self-titled? <laughs> I refer you to last week's episode. Yeah. Um, but, and then also with a lot of these songs, I refer you to last week's episode when we talked about miscellaneous tea. Hey, Mr. DJ, I thought you mm-hmm. said we had a deal. Um, you know, and a bunch of others are on that as well. But the demo tapes mm-hmm. and the stuff like that, I don't think all everything is on miscellaneous tea. Right. Um, and to be honest, I don't remember. I actually went through a period of time where I listened to this pretty religiously. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of really, really great stuff on this. I mean, the uh, songs are, uh, you can definitely tell that this was done in a period of time where the two Johns were just having fun with, mm-hmm. you know, this idea that just sort of popped up, this musical idea, which I don't know if it was called, well, obviously it was called They Might Be Giants then because it says so in the critic intro. Um, but I mean, you can tell that, you know, they were developing and laying the foundation for the first two albums really Mm -hmm. heavily and they were still trying to find their place, but there's such a sense of like urgency and a sense of just like youth on, on these songs. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of messing around. It kind of sounds like a very much a sense of humor. Yeah. Um, but then there's also like some really great songs like nightgown of the sullen moon and it's not my birthday Mm -hmm. and by the way i should also add the second cd includes lincoln the entire lincoln then it's more songs and then another kind of demo tape Mm -hmm. um there's these hilarious intros on the demo tapes um i'll sink manhattan Mm -hmm. i love um birds fly um one of my favorite songs is mr claw i mean Mm -hmm. really like it's pretty much everything that i mentioned on with miscellaneous tea uh just you know yep almost everything uh that you know almost everything on this is on miscellaneous tea except for a few things Mm -hmm. but in all honesty my recommendation would be just to buy this yeah i would agree with that you know this has stuff that isn't on miscellaneous tea and i think that it pretty much went for pretty cheap for being like a double album yeah i think so too Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh a lot of really great songs where the replacements is on here Mm -hmm. um and so since hey mr dj i thought you said we had a deal is technically still going to be my favorite song on here gotcha you know i mean that's that, that hasn't changed I am going to do more of an honorable mention. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm going to say that I love the critic intro. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. On the first demo tape. Yeah. On the first disc. It is really it cool. Is it's like so, the warbly tape one, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the yeah. one where it's like um, every once in a while, a band comes along that changes the course of human history. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like so many things I can't understand. They left my teeth <laughs> chattering for more. And right. <laughs> it's it's like this, it's almost like yeah. an audio, like I don't know. It's it sounds like a um it, it definitely is like this almost like hype sort of thing. Yeah, I think just, it must have been like an introduction for a live show, would be my guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That mm-hmm. I was I was gonna say like a movie, but oh definitely yeah. well yeah. That, that's what it reminds me of. And it's like right. They call they refer to themselves as the, the twin quasars of rock. <laughs> yeah, I think is awesome. Yeah, I just you, you yeah. guys got to hear it. Man. It's great. Yeah, it is um, good. And yeah, I think that I think this release represents um, it. Okay, it exists because streaming did not exist in 1997. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like. Now you would just listen to Lincoln or you would just listen to the self-titled or you would listen to miscellaneous tea, but 
that wasn't the way it was. Like if you want to, maybe you had the other ones on cassette, like I did, you know, and it was like, Oh, here I can get the first two records plus all this extra stuff on two CDs. It made a lot of sense. Now it's like, well, I mean, we have all this stuff in other places. We don't really need to consider this as another, like almost like another release or something. But at the time it was a, it was a really big deal to have both of these records and all this extra stuff in, you know, a single CD case. And, you know, it was, it was really cool that they put this out. And I think it, sort of started an element of backwards looking or archiving for They Might Be Giants. I think it sort of became in this moment a way to regroup and figure out what they wanted to do before Mink Car came out, you know, and because severe tire damage is also sort of a collection. Uh, Long Tall Weekend was a internet only release. Uh, the Working Undercover is sort of a collection again. And that puts us all the way up to like 2001. So, yeah. Uh, and I do understand the Long Tall Weekend is original. It's not a rehash or a re-release or anything. But a lot of people at the time didn't hear it. Again, we didn't have streaming. And it was like, the, the it was, I think it was the first internet only release. Is that accurate? Do you, I believe so. Yeah, um, yeah. That or at least one of them. I, I believe it so, was actually the first one. So yeah. then I do think it represents a moment in time where this sort of release had a purpose. Now it doesn't necessarily have a purpose, but you might as well listen to it. You know, <laughs> like you might as well listen to all the extra stuff. Yeah. And there, there is some really cool stuff on here too, especially like the, just the radio spots and stuff like that. I think that uh, the old, old timey fans of they might be giants really appreciated having their hands on some of these songs and other outtakes and things like that. So I, I thought it was a really cool release at the time. So, um, and nightgown of the solemn moon is my favorite. I, Fantastic. I, it's a beautiful and super killer song. And the story of it, as I understand it was, uh, one of the Johns saw a kid's artwork and it said nightgown of the sullen moon on it. And they were so taken with this eloquent phrase that they wrote the song about it. Then they found out that it was a children's book already. So they didn't write it uh, because of the book. They didn't even know it was a, a children's book. So that's kind of interesting. But yeah, really, really cool song. One of my favorites. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the conversation I wanted to delve into is... Mm -hmm just how ahead of the curve they might be giants were um, with a lot of stuff because you mentioned the whole thing about streaming. Mm -hmm. I also think that if you think about it, and that's a really, really good point about this release. I also think that that's kind of why Dial-A-Song existed mm -hmm. back then was because there really wasn't anything you know, um, there weren't people who were like putting out like, you know, sort of like skeletal parts of like, or like incompleted versions of songs yet. Mm -hmm. you, you, you see what I'm saying? Like right. now there's YouTube channels that are dedicated to like bands that are recording their new album and they do like daily vlogs mm. that show them in the studio while they're like, working on parts to like new albums mm -hmm. and dial a song kind of was like, you know, sort of that it was sort of like, almost like, Hey, uh, look at us in our development. Cause a lot of the songs that appeared on dial a song back in those days were early versions of songs that appeared on albums. Later. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. So yeah, it kind of, I, I think that, that and then also i was going to mention the long tall weekend about them yeah. being like the first band to actually actively use the internet in such a way that um you know you were actually hearing their album on the mm -hmm. internet which at the time was completely unheard of it was very controversial because this even predated napster i believe yeah i so would think so it's like yeah. 
everybody was just like, are you guys insane? Like right. it really was like that much of a reaction. Like mm-hmm. you guys aren't going to put a physical copy of this long tall weekend out. Like what, yeah, what's going I, on? And, I think the popularity of the record reflects that. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yes. I've only heard it a couple times myself, you know, yeah, it's, so it's on Spotify now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back then it's like, but at this, at this point, it's like, we're older and it's like, it would have been more exciting to hear a new yeah. way. Might be I think so then. too. Yeah. I don't know yeah. though. It's like <laughs> the lineage of making that decision might ultimately be more important than all of us liking that record i think so i think so, so because i don't know you know i mean there could be a possibility that that is what inspired napster and that's sure. streaming services Who that knows? could yeah very well be at the time that was like a really bold decision that was yeah. like something that record companies hated at that oh, time yeah first sure. like they were talking about then like I remember when that came out, people were like, oh, well, I guess their career is over. Yeah, pretty much. You know, and it pretty much, it didn't, it, it ended up not being that way for a while. But I mean, they, mm-hmm. they may have, you know, sort of suffered a little bit for a couple of years. Um, but then they put out Meat Car, which actually enjoyed quite a bit of success because of um, like the song Older was kind of being yeah. mm-hmm. played everywhere. I also want to give kind of an honorable mention to Meat Car. Um, yeah. That's the last album that I really mm-hmm. had a, a huge relationship with um, right. in terms of listening. I bought that album when it first came out and listened to it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to say, there's some really great stuff on that record too. It yeah. definitely does not hold up like Factory Showroom does, mm-hmm. but there's some really great stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would still recommend um, giving Meat Car a spin if you guys are into Yeah, it. I think Meat Car is pretty good. And honestly, I think I just have to do a little work and catch up on my They Might Be Giants. I will say that I haven't even heard one since The Spine. I, th- I yeah. think The Spine was the last thing I actually even listened to. I probably should go back and listen to everything, but I think that the joy that they might be giants has given me in my life probably deserves me putting in a little bit of effort and listening to the rest of the records, you know? And I kind of have a feeling that it's going to end up feeling like John Henry. Like I'm going to like three or four songs on the record. And, and that's just the way it is. I don't, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because I am older and these things hit you differently, you know? Could be, um, man. I don't know. Uh, I think I will probably say that I'll eventually check out that they might be Giants albums that I've never heard. Yeah. And then just end up not doing it like oh. everything else. <laughs> Good plan. And maybe mm-hmm. I will. Who knows? I actually tried doing it once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't take <laughs> not really i got through i think the first like three or four songs of well it was it was it the spine that followed up, up meat car i does the spine have that song memo to human resources yes so i remember that song i really liked well the big reveal you have to decide which of these records was your favorite oh that's easy for me apollo 18 wow yeah that easy it's Hmm. always been my favorite one yeah believe it or not i also chose apollo 18 but it was damn near just a six-way tie i gotta be honest (laughs) or (laughs) five-way tie like i (laughs) i love factory showroom i love it it. it's It's my favorite one to sing along with um i love love lincoln so much i don't know it's super hard but at the end of the day i think apollo 18 is the pinnacle for this time period i think that they're just firing on all cylinders you know they they have the freedom of having a real band playing with them but they're still stuck in the songwriting modes of their older stuff and so the it sounds like they might be giants still. I don't know. It is super amazing. 
So, yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. They might be giants. There um, you have it. Part two. Part two. There you have it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, those of you who haven't heard They Might Be Giants, I strongly recommend you uh, check them out. And I would love to hear if there are any first time They Might Be Giants listeners. Oh, yeah. Because of this podcast, I would love to hear what your thoughts are. That would be very cool. And if there are any, you know, big fans of They Might Be Giants that listen to this podcast, let us know your experience. I would like to hear that. Yeah, cool. Absolutely. Well, I think we talked about They Might Be Giants quite a lot. So I think we really did. <laughs> As usual, um, if you want to talk with us, um, you know, hit us up on Instagram or Facebook or mm -hmm whatever you want to do. And if you have any yeah. suggestions, comments, uh, ideas, let us know. Yeah. And um, this show is available on pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. So yes. Thank you for listening, everyone. Our next episode is going to be with Sam Kester. Yeah. An interview with the one and only Sam Kester. You guys have a good day. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>